My guest today is senior reporter Colin Campbell. My name is Charlie Hall, in for host Justin McElroy. You're listening to Polygon's Quality Control. for joining me again today. Colin, how are you? Pretty good. We're making a habit of this, aren't we? <laughs> well, does two weeks in a row make a habit? I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> now, I had originally intended to have Megan on today to talk about the next Shin Megami Tensei game, but I was looking at the website, and I was really excited by the amount of interest that folks seemed to have in this game, Virginia. So I... I, I told Megan that we'd have to delay a little bit on Shin Megami. Maybe we'll get to it, maybe we won't. But I wanted to talk about Virginia instead today. So so what is this game, Colin? It's a, it's a walking simulator, for want of a better phrase, or a narrative game, in which a story is told that lasts about two hours, and you have kind of minimum minimal light touch in terms of how you interact with the story. It's a first-person game where you just kind of walk around and you look at stuff and you click on people and they and they you know they do what they're pre-programmed to do there is very little in the way of choice in the game uh, the, the characters have kind of moral problems that they deal with just like a characters in a movie and you just kind of uh, assist them in terms of just getting them to to unlock their their responses so it's unapologetically linear uh, the story is set in the early 1990s in Virginia, and it features two women. One, there's a young woman who is a rookie FBI agent, and she is attached to an older woman, and they are investigating the disappearance of a, of a, of a teenage boy. And the older woman has secrets, which the young woman starts to uncover, and you know their relationship uh, takes an interesting turn. And what's interesting about these women is they're both women of color, and they're... Uh, working within the system, the FBI in particular, this system of kind of suspicion and exclusion, and all through the story, you get a, you get that sense of uh, the main character and this secondary character, you know, struggling to deal with their own place inside this you know unfair system. Well, Virginia, I think one of the reasons our audience is responding to it is because of the great review that you put up and how it calls it out as both. You know, it's a triple threat. It's mechanically interesting, it's narratively interesting, and it, it is uh, emotionally interesting. Um, so I, I want to start with the first one of those, but I want to kind of hit it from a, from a different angle. You know, one of the things that I think you and I both enjoy is playing unusual games and playing games that, that are a little outside the norm. Um, but one of the challenges that we've got as reviewers is the fact that, well, I mean, there's there's nothing quite like this that's come before. So how do you approach the task of explaining a game like Virginia to an audience that's reading that review? I think one of the one of the uh, 
one of the problems I actually had with this game is that the, the, the promotional material always talks about these 90s TV shows like X-Files and Twin Peaks. And that always, to me, just feels a tiny bit manufactured. It's just like, oh, we need to give them some sort of shorthand that everyone's going to understand. And I get it. I understand that. But actually, I think it's slightly unfair to the game because it's more interesting than that. And I, and I wanted to say that from the very beginning is that, well, you've probably heard this game mentioned in, in the same breath as Twin Peaks and the X-Files. But it's more interesting than that, and this is what I want to explain to you, uh, because every article that I've read about it has sort of mentioned that connection, and there's no that's no accident. It's because the developers are trying to find a way in a very uh, crowded market to uh, to appeal to to as many people as possible. And um, but actually, what's interesting about this is that it's taken some of those filmmaking techniques uh, like a, like you know sudden and jarring cuts and it's put them into video games and that I don't think that's as easy as it makes it sound uh, because to to do that in such a way where you you're you're feeling disorientated but in a way that is satisfying is, is I think extremely difficult and in a video game you know we've all in video games walked down a corridor and you're walking down the corridor and because it's a video game you're you're sort of like is there something for me to click on is there going to be a monster going to jump out from around the corner um, uh, you know, is there a switch or something? But in this game, you just it just cuts you out of that scene and you're suddenly sitting in a car. And so you sit in the car, you're thinking, well, should I fiddle with the radio or should I try to start a conversation up with the person that's driving? You can't do that. And, and, and it's, it's sort of like video games are allowed to do this. They're allowed to put me in a situation where I actually can't do anything. Not for a long period of time because then it ceases to become a video game. But certainly for enough time for the game to basically make me feel as if I am in a situation in which I have a certain amount of control, but I don't have absolute control. You know, I can't just punch my way out through the top of the car and fly off in, you know, like, like some superhero fantasy. So I find that really interesting that games now are putting us in situations which are a bit like real life. And, and what I like about this game is when I go into a room, I'm a cop. I need to like nose around and look at things. But the things that I need to find are not sort of like hidden behind a book on the bookshelf. They're right there on the desk. They're in the drawer. You know, that's where you would expect these things to be in real life. And it, it's sort of like uh, it kind of bypasses all these video game conventions to be a little bit more like real life. And I find that really, really fresh and satisfying. That is interesting. Also, so you touched a little bit there on the on the mechanics that make it very interesting, uh, and and a little bit on the the visual aspects of it, how it borrows from TV and from movies with the way it does its cinematography. It also has a very minimalist art style as well, which I found very interesting. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these development teams who are really three or four or five people, obviously they don't have huge amounts of money to spend on art, and art is extremely expensive. But what I found interesting about this game is that you're looking at the face of a woman and she signals to you that she doesn't really think very much of you because, you know, she is a, uh, a hard-bitten cop who's been around for a long time and she's been sent this rookie who, who oh guess what also get turns out to be a black woman so uh you know she's kind of you can see in these you know these, these tiny amount of polygons the kind of frustration and the emotion that's going on in her face and throughout the game this character her face you she gives you a lot of emotional feedback disappointment uh, anger and so on and so forth and I think that's really satisfying and and again you know I played a game um, 
a game uh, not too long ago, Fragments of Him, uh, which was a similar sort of game in which it was it was all about a, a young man who dies and his partner grieves for this young man and his ex-girlfriend grieves for this young man. But where they f- sort of failed was there were no facial expressions. There were none. And it sort of made you feel as if you were dealing with robots rather than real people. And it's, But I think with this game, they, they succeeded. So, you know, again, we're we're very painfully, obviously, too white dude sitting on a podcast here, but the you made mention in the story that this is a, a, a story where people of color play a central role. How does that contribute to the to the narrative tension of the game? I mean, first of all, there are very few games where you get to play as a woman, and there are even fewer where you get to play as a woman of color, and there are almost none I can think of where you get to play as a woman of color, and the person that you deal with most in the game is another woman of color. And so I think what that does, that that is, uh, you know, thank God that there are people out there who are willing to make games in which aren't just about yet another white dude with stubble on his face and a dodgy history. I mean, God, for God's sake, let's, you know, vi- video games are, are at last starting to give us some new perspectives. And so as a sort of middle-aged white dude, I have no idea really what it's like to be uh, a, a, a black woman. Um, so, so, but I can get a sense of it from reading novels, I can get a sense of it from watching television, and I can get a sense of it now from playing video games. And and I, you know, I found that uh, sort of sort of like a learning experience. But it's also interesting. I was reading another review, and I can't. I think it was on Rock Paper Shotgun, where the writer made an excellent point, which is you know he's a white dude, and he's like he's just like I'm noticing things, but I'm not sure if these are things that the character would notice and 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 put down as uh, as. Uh, signs of prejudice or if I'm just being sort of like hypersensitive to this it's like oh oh my god suddenly I'm a black person and so everything has to be about me being a black person and I I think just that observation is interesting to you know just to have something that puts you into that situation is interesting as, as a kind of thought experiment but I'm not a black person. I'm not a woman. So I, you know, it, I, I can't answer the question of, you know, how, how close that takes me to, to the rea- the reality. Yeah, to, to even allow for that type of nuance to enter the player's perception of a game is is daring territory for any game developer these days, especially for a AAA dev. This is not a AAA team, though. This was published, though, by 505? That's right. It's published by 505, and it's a team who... I mean, the game has been in development, I think I heard about it, like, like three or four years ago or something. And, um, you, you know, they've they said from the very beginning that they wanted to do something that was, you know, confounding and different, and they've definitely succeeded. You know, this is a confounding game. I read another review this morning on The Guardian and the writer, she, you know, she liked it. She recommended it. But she said, I, I felt that some of the elements of kind of magic and surrealism, were, you know, confused the story. I don't agree with her. I, I felt as if some of those elements, and I don't actually like dreams. I don't really like the, the kind of like the, the insertion of magic into stories. Uh, but I, I felt on this occasion that it gave us a glimpse into the psychology of the main character, into the things that she worried about and not in a kind of really obvious, cloddy way. But what this game does do is it gives us all as individuals an opportunity uh, to sit down and to look at this game and say, well, this is what I thought about that. And not many games do that. You know, when you play, I don't know, Battlefield 1, which I love, 
you're not really going to come away from it and have an argument about what something meant. You know what? You know what? How something made you feel. Whereas with this game, you will certainly, if you play this and you know you have friends who play it, you will certainly have those conversations and you will certainly have disagreements about uh, how how the game made you feel or or what the game was trying to say. In your conclusion, you said such is its power and originality. I suspect Virginia will have significant influences over games yet to be conceived. How do you mean? Well, I think that they they did they did clever things um, with uh, with with the cinematic techniques, and I think that you know video games are very good at borrowing stuff from one another. And this game certainly, you know, it is an original work, but it certainly borrowed things from other games that have gone before, and they they name checked some of the games that they liked. Uh, but I think that the way that they use some of these cinematic techniques within the framework of a video game, and the way that they uh, sort of passed the uh, the the action and the non-action together, the way that they uh, sort of dropped in characters who were red herrings, the way that they made use of symbolism, heavy use of symbolism, and but most of all, I think the way that they uh, made use of no dialogue. And I think it's you know there have been games before with no dialogue, obviously, but 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 the way that they made use of no no dialogue here was really something very special. And I don't think I've seen a game that has done it as well. And I, and I suspect where uh, developers are sort of looking at the, the, the price, the cost of voice acting, the limitations of voice acting, I think some of them are going to, uh, are going to look at this and, and, find, and find inspiration. Colin, I, I really do appreciate you taking the time uh, to spend with us today. Can I ask how much was Virginia, or how much is Virginia, and about how much playtime did it get you? Uh, I think I think it's been re it's retailing for nine ninety nine dollars. Uh, I got I, I guess it was a couple of hours. So you know, it's like uh, it's like movie length, and it's about the price of a movie ticket. That's not too shabby. No, I think I think nine ninety nine is a good price. And and honestly, if it had been fifteen dollars, I'd have been yeah, that sounds fine too. Maybe twenty would be too much. Well, thanks for the time, Colin. All right, thanks very much. And thanks to you at home for listening today. We actually recorded this episode of Quality Control about a week ago because this week Polygon is at an all-hands meeting in Chicago discussing plans for the future of the site. But while we're here, we've got a lot more on our website, including a review of Shin Megami Tensei 4 and NHL 17 for you. Until we've got another game review to talk about, this is Charlie Hall for Colin Campbell. Thank you for listening to Polygon's Quality Control. Thank you.